0: You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen May, on this Friday afternoon. Now let's turn to the final part of today's program. Uh, in October 2018, Carrie Lam announced the government's intention to raise Hong Kong's statutory maternity leave from 14 sorry from 10 weeks to 14 weeks. Now the new law comes into effect today, meaning that employer employers will have to give give their female employees 14 weeks off. This means that Hong Kong will finally be catching up with international labour organisations recommendation of 14 weeks of statutory maternity leave. But what does this mean for foreign domestic workers? And by law, they are too entitled to this. But what is the reality of this? And what are some of the perceived impacts uh, for employers? For comment, I'm really delighted to be joined once again by Catherine Girton, the CEO of Pathfinders Hong Kong, which is a charity dedicated to help pregnant migrant workers here in Hong Kong. Welcome back on the program, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
1: Thank you so much for having me again, Maureen. Great to see you.
0: So perhaps you can give us a little bit of background uh, to, the, to this new maternity leave law and how it applies uh, also to domestic workers.
1: Yes, yeah, so as you mentioned, um, the new law will see an increase of four weeks to the existing law, um, which will be reimbursed by the government under a new scheme to be introduced in the first half of 2021, which is which is great um and like all working women in hong kong um, migrant workers are also entitled to maternity leave so if they've worked at least 40 weeks and um, they're still entitled they're they, they're entitled to four-fifths of their salary um, and um and uh, and maternity leave if they haven't worked for for up to 40 weeks they're still entitled to maternity leave but without pay um unfortunately for pathfinders we all too often see um workers illegally terminated and or sort of forced to resign or, or dismissed because actually their worker the workers and their, the employees they just don't know what to do um in a in, in this sort of situation because it's such an intimate um employment um and so when this happens we see workers immediately becoming homeless because they're required to live in by law with their with their workers and when they lose their working visa uh, within two weeks they lose all access to public services including things like healthcare, uh, which is just so vital for a pregnant woman in terms of prenatal screening um so so yeah that's the uh, that's how it applies to. The, that's how maternity leave uh, applies to domestic workers in Hong Kong. We
0: are also finally up and running on Facebook Live. Noreen Maer on RTHK Radio Three. You'll be able to see and hear Catherine uh, there as well. Catherine Girton is the CEO of Pathfinders Hong Kong, a charity dedicated to help pregnant migrant workers here in Hong Kong and also their their children. Uh, the, the the backstory of this is uh, we're talking about uh, the extension of Hong Kong's statutory maternity leave. Uh, which uh, got extended from 10 weeks to 14 weeks. The new law comes into effect today, uh, meaning that employers will have to give their female uh, employees 14 weeks off uh, once they've given birth. This law applies to domestic workers, and, and you highlighted that the plight for some of the employers as well. Um, yeah. You know, I I know you've also done uh, some survey on this. Can you share your recent survey results about uh, this acceptance uh, towards uh, migrant domestic workers' pregnancy?
1: So I think it, it just goes on to confirm sort of the long-standing dilemma that we're aware of, of the challenges for many people in Hong Kong, who are very reliant on support from um, migrant workers, um, including you know mothers with young children like myself, or you know daughters with with aging parents. So we did do this survey, and it it, um, it really sort of um, sort of reinforced just how how big that dilemma is, and I think the reality is that. Sort of, In our survey, 75% of respondents thought that a migrant domestic worker should have equal rights to maternity leave, like all working women in Hong Kong. However, 60% found it to be unacceptable, half because they found it to be just a a, a sheer inconvenience to the employer and also to their household. Um, And a majority of the um, uh, respondents also thought that a migrant domestic worker shouldn't live with their employer during their maternity leave. So um, I think it just reinforces what we've known for a while, that there are big dilemmas for for an employer when their worker takes maternity leave which they're entitled to but how do they make that work when they're so reliant in many cases on, on the health and support of their worker
0: absolutely it comes down to sort of inadequate childcare services um in hong kong in the first place because a lot of uh the, the role of domestic workers is to look after children at the same time if there were sort of better provision of services then they wouldn't be sort of uh, uh, so involved in childcare. care
1: um, uh, and i think the other thing I mean, the way we we have around three hundred ninety thousand domestic workers in Hong Kong at the minute. That's projected to grow to over six hundred thousand by twenty forty seven purely to help us deal with an ageing population. And the other so an yeah, yes. the worker goes on, on on the worker goes on maternity leave, and you know someone's relying on them to, to support their their ageing parent, but they're a daughter who also needs to be working herself how, how does she make that work when there really aren't that many viable solutions to help cover, cover that sort of temporary care and also the financial cost of that you know, as a sort of an individual employer or even if you were a small business, paying kind of the maternity leave entitlement is is a big financial stress. Um, but then for sort of an employer of a foreign domestic worker while on leave, if they then have to sort of bear the financial burden of covering the cost of temporary support um you know that's a huge financial burden and as we were just highlighting actually the availability of services to to find temporary support. For now, fourteen weeks. That just isn't. It just isn't there. Um, so it's it's really challenging for, for the employer. And so really, we just we really need to be finding better solutions for the employer to do the right thing by their worker, to do what's legal by their worker. But fundamentally, to make it work for all parties, so that the child doesn't fall into a crisis and and, and gets the the first start in life that they absolutely deserve.
0: Yeah, well, let's state uh, here that what is legal and what's illegal. It's definitely illegal to terminate your helper if if you find out she's pregnant. Unfortunately, yeah. these things still happen. Or at least, if you don't terminate them, you force them to resign, which yeah. is which is worse because then they have to pay the employers a payout also. And frankly speaking, these migrant workers can't afford to do that. It's a one month's salary.
1: Yeah, no, it just, the challenges, it's just on, when you look at it from both perspectives, the employer's perspective and the worker's perspective, it's just, it's a very, very challenging situation. But, you know, we just know that it, with sort of, you know, with imagination, collaboration, really sort of thinking about sort of the different considerations of all parts parties the worker and the employer there are solutions to be found Um, and fundamentally that's so important if we're to ensure that you know organizations like pathfinders don't need to continue to exist so sort of you know to then be there to ensure the children born to these women are protected and respected because when the worker is is fired or or resigns and and stays in hong kong and goes underground and loses access to 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 services it's the child that that suffers whether from I'm not having prenatal scans from whether from not being born in a hospital whether you know not receiving a birth certificate and becoming undocumented which has huge risks of abandonment and trafficking you're not receiving their immunizations not having some sort of shelter you know, all of these basic things we're not even talking about a the best start for these children we're talking about a fair start and they absolutely deserve that so how can we find solutions how can we make this situation work for the betterment of the worker who's pregnant but also for the employer who's also hiring the worker because they have their own needs in terms of their household and whether it's young children or, or aging parents so you know really what we're trying to do at Pathfinders is, is is to think about all of the challenges that the different parties are facing and to really propose solutions and so these children really get the protection and care and respect that they that they deserve
0: so what sorts of solutions are available if you find out your helper gets pregnant um legally they have to legally they stay with you and and legally will the child then also stay with you
1: This is interesting because I know this has come up recently. There was a chain on on Hong Kong Mums and I was in touch with the employer that started that. There is an exemption to the living rule. Um, I think the challenge is it's just not very clear exactly how you go about successfully applying for that. Um, We have on a number of occasions um, on behalf of employers and workers put in an application for the exemption. The challenge is it takes it takes months, um, and often. Um, and your maternity you know, by that leave is point- only <laughs>
0: ten weeks, or well, fourteen weeks, starting from today.
1: Exactly. and so you know often we we've, we've just given up with the process because you know by the time that the child is born, you know it's kind of used you know, well so i think you know we we, we would love to see greater, greater clarity on on that exemption how it works how you apply for it and um, what what the different criteria is and, and to see that that process sped up um because it, it just needs a quicker a quicker outcome and um, I mean, so that's on the live in rule. I mean, on the, the temporary care solutions, I mean, one of the questions in our survey was, you know, would you be open to maybe a sort of a temporary worker covering um, the duties of your existing worker while on care? And I think that definitely was the preferred option. You know, employees don't want to be taking their annual leave or unpaid leave to sort of plug that 14 weeks of maternity leave themselves. Um, unfortunately, that solution isn't currently in existence, but that's the sort of thing that we would like to try and explore more um obviously it would take things like sort of looking at the sort of the current visa visa policy um you know most workers have to do a sort of a two-year standard contract so you know doing short-term contracts is difficult but again if you know if we if we sort of really explore the challenges there are always solutions um, and so you know what could we be doing more to find sort of this temporary um temporary option um to plug this 14 weeks that isn't you know in affordable particularly for you know lower income families who are relying on a worker and um, you know they, they 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 need to maintain their employment themselves but they can't they can't afford to be paying the only legal option at the minute which is a local domestic worker who would be a hundred dollars an hour you know, if you've got sort of, you know, you're working eight hours a day, five days a week now for 14 weeks. I mean, how how, how do you make that work as an employer? So there are, there are challenges on, on both sides, and we just were desperate to find solutions. And Fundamentally, because we'd like to make ourselves redundant, and um, we'd like these, this this issue not to not to not to continue, and and to and to find solutions to, to all of these challenges.
0: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Catherine, you're still employed because there <laughs> there, <laughs> there are unfortunately people uh, migrant workers being dismissed because, as you mentioned just now, there are some employers, or maybe some other employers, dismiss helpers for other reasons, but there's some who simply can't can't face paying an extra 14 weeks or 10 weeks uh, previously, so they're going to have to let go of their existing helper and find a new one. So then there are these migrant workers who are in that crisis situation. They've got the two yeah. weeks of stay in Hong Kong uh, if they can find a new employer if not they're forced to go back to their country of origin what happens uh, to to these migrant workers then do a lot of them sort of choose to stay in hong kong because they don't want to go home and there's that stigma of of an unplanned pregnancy also in their home country there is-
1: there's a sticker of non prime pregnancy. There's also the fact that the the worker came often to Hong Kong to send money back to sort of multiple family members to sustain you know their their livelihoods back in the Philippines or in Indonesia. So, you know, they're not they're likely not going to be sort of welcomed back with open arms. And as as you mentioned, you know that there is that fear of persecution from family and friends of of returning unemployed single mother, potentially a mixed race child. Um, and it's particularly in those cases where you see people sort of overstaying um, at, and not going back. And of course, that's when the children uh, become most vulnerable um, and at risk of things like becoming undocumented, stateless, not having shelter, losing access to things like healthcare, education. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, it's tough. It, it really, you know, when you, see, when you see the cases walking through our doors at Pathfinders and you know that there could be a solution to to the issues that they're facing, it just gives us a greater desire to want to do more and more to, to fix fix the root causes of, of the crisis that we're trying to deal with. And having been in existence for 12 years and have been sort of responding to the crisis all of that time, really now is the time that we want to be you know, projecting, looking ahead. What can we do to solve it? How can we prevent a crisis? And you know, as everyone in Hong Kong knows at the minute, trying to sort of, you know, prevent the spread of, of, of COVID as a, as a crisis, you know, prevention is so much better than, than cure. And so really for us, it's about prevention. How can we get ahead, whether it's through education of the workers, education of the employers, finding practical and viable solutions for the employers? This can be fixed, um, but we just need everybody to come together and, and find some, some solutions.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, we talked about something that people were discussing on Hong Kong moms um, about a, a worker who gave birth, but then uh, the employer doesn't want the baby to stay with with the mother, which is which is such a strange situation because under the yeah. law they're, they're staying that the the worker is staying in the house, but then how can they be on maternity leave without their baby? Um, we've got about five minutes before the news, but I, I want to turn our attention to to another case about a, a different tragedy. You know, we we also need to be preventing tragedies uh, such as domestic workers giving birth in secret and resulting in tragic circumstances where the baby dies. I think in the recent days we've seen that happen. Um, we can't talk specifically about the case because I, be- I believe it's going through sort of uh, court proceedings. Um, but all children matter. And, and these things really shouldn't be happening. Um, to.
1: Yeah, they don't they don't need to and, and and I'll try not to get emotional because this this is, is particularly heartbreaking. You know, this, this woman as we as, as we understand it, you know, pregnant by her husband, working here, new contract, um, concealed the pregnancy because she from what we understand was was fearful that she would be terminated and the and the employee didn't know for the reports that we've read in the media that the worker was pregnant. Um and so, you know, just by fear, you know, because she concealed for fear of losing her job. You know, this this child, um, most likely, has, has 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 passed as a consequence, and that just doesn't need to happen. It just, um, it, it's so preventable. It's yeah. so preventable. Um, I think that's that's, that's why it, it, it irks us so much, and we get so emotional about it because you know, when you read stories like that, it's just it's unnecessary. Um, And that child deserved a fair start um, and, you know, the more that we can do to really give employers solutions, so that they don't—they're not fearful when a worker becomes pregnant, and the worker is not fearful of telling the work—the employer that they're pregnant, because they know that the work—the uh, employer has options. You know, just—it just, just doesn't—it doesn't need to. So that really, we really—we see heartbreaking cases every day, and so we try as best as we can to really focus on what we can do that's positive and will create change, um, because it's just so unnecessary, the amount of the. the death deprivation crisis that we're, we're having to respond to and and our, our, our incredible case managers I mean they are dealing with so many cases day in day out I, I have no idea how they give so much of themselves without giving everything but we, we just don't we don't we shouldn't need to exist so let's 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 let's, let's figure out how we can fix this mm. um, and fix it
0: and a part of it also comes down to dialogue and communication do you do you sort of at pathfinders do you sort of act as a mediator and sort of facilitate that dialogue between uh workers and their employers as well if if, if
1: yeah Increasingly so, so particularly over the last year we've, we've really ramped up our, our sort of engagement with employers and, and one of our teams has put together sort of a, a guidebook in terms of how to manage a conversation with your worker when she tells you that she's pregnant. It's still difficult for the employer though um, and that's why we really want to try and drive more sort of systemic change um, and really look at sort of the policy change around kind of what solutions could be put in place for the employer because really their options are so limited and it does create a overall challenge for them. And so more often than not, the cases that we see, successful cases that we see with great outcomes for the children really do rely on this empathy and understanding between the employer and the worker. Um, that relationships, as we know, can break down very easily when your when your agendas or your objectives are, are not aligned. And for an employer, they don't really want their worker to be pregnant because it creates all sorts of challenges for them. So, it's it's a very and it's a very unique working relationship. So, yeah, we uh, I'm conscious we're probably running out. Of, I could talk about this all day, but I'm conscious that we're running out of time. But it just you know, for us, it, it's it's so solvable if we can just get if we can just sort of keep the dialogue going. We can understand the challenges because there are always solutions, and we just want to focus on how we can how we can make progress how we can fix this because it's yeah. fixable well Catherine
0: I think you hit the nail on the head by just saying it's it's difficult for the, for the workers and for the employers as well because a lot of the times they rely on the on the on the foreign domestic workers so that they can have a job and it's just such a tricky situation i hope the government will come up with solutions (laughs) maybe maybe if if um helpers get 14 weeks off maternity leave employers should also get 14 weeks off to cover for that um double maternity leave the government is so rich i'm sure they have enough money to 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 cover that sort of cost we'd love
1: to work with them to find solutions because you know we we we're experts, we know what's going on, and um, we, we have ideas. And so, I think you know, for us, it's it's about continuing the dialogue with, with particularly with the Labour Department around how we can really we can really sort of be part of helping find a solution. Yeah, um, and yeah, there's a will, there's a will. we're very willing, <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Catherine. Remind our listeners once again have you got a website and social media? How can we support the work at Pathfinders?
1: Yes, yeah, so our website is pathfinders.org.hk, and we have Facebook. Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, so please follow us. Sign up for, for our newsletter. Um, it's been a very tough year, so donations are always welcome. That's you know we can't do what we do without the, the sort of the support of the community. Um, and just just if you if you know a worker, you know an employer that needs some help, just send them in our direction. We're here to help. We want we want to fix this fundamentally to ensure that every child in Hong Kong is protected, respected, and gets the first start in life that they deserve.
0: Right. Thank you so much for your time today. And that's Catherine Gertin, the CEO of Pathfinders. Thank you very much indeed.